On this episode of the Post House Podcast, we talk with the elder of the Post House tribe, a well-traveled, smooth talker and storyteller, the Sultan of Sales, RVP of Business Development, Rick Green. Welcome to another episode of the Post House Podcast. Today we're with Rick Green, our uh, Vice President of Business Development and also a very creative guy. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? Thank you. Very exciting. It's been happening next door to my office for weeks, and uh, it's fun to be in the room. All right. It's fun. Cool. So uh, so on the show, on, on this show, we talk about uh, personal, creative, and professional fulfillment. Uh, but let's start out by, let's talk a little about you. So, uh, you know, I've known you for a long time. We've worked together now for a long time. Uh, but uh, you have been in the business for over twenty years. <laughs> a long, long. So time. Yeah. let's uh, you know let, let's talk uh, let's talk about that. So you, know, you started out uh, uh, what I believe was in the news uh, news station, but not in the news department. Correct. That was uh, I started out in broadcast TV. Uh, worked at three NBC affiliates in my career in my broadcast career. Uh, two of them in production. One of them in creative services. Uh, so always around the news product, but never in it. Gotcha. So uh, within that the news organization, obviously you're doing promos and commercial pieces uh, in, on the creative service side. Uh, you were down in Cincinnati, right? So you got to work on the early days of a very famous uh, <laughs> uh, talk show. Want to tell uh, me a little bit about those days, real quick? I did. I was at uh, I was at the t- television station where Jerry Springer was our uh, main male anchor. Uh, started the talk show. They were grooming him to become the Phil Donahue. Uh, the same company owned our station that owned the Phil Donahue and Sally Jesse Raphael show. Uh, so yeah, we started Jer- the Jerry Springer show uh, in our building. And uh, quite frankly, it was a very serious, he's a smart dude. Uh, he's, it was a very serious, uh, real talk show for a little while. Uh, Before it became a ringmaster, and then and then it went nuts, uh, <laughs> and then it moved to Chicago, and I decided to stay in Cincinnati instead of going with the you know strip off in uh, <laughs> in Chicago, uh, which was probably a good move. Right. So um, you also uh, you have a one of the things that uh, you know I think brought us together was uh, your entrepreneurial spirit. So you also have done uh, a lot of uh, small small to medium sized business uh, randos or been partners in those over the years. Yep. Uh, I believe it was Greenhouse Media was your first that was one. The first one, yeah. Uh, and you got to work on some cool stuff. Uh, we're doing uh, uh, Monday Night Football. Yep. Uh, uh, promos. They, were, they were one of our big clients. I used to travel with them. Actually, I would go and sit in the truck, and I would edit the. I would produce and edit the pregame. You know, here's a look back at last week. Here's a look ba- uh, forward to next week. Any like player features? Uh, I edited all the starting lineups. You know, I'm Tim Flaherty from the Ohio State University. That all that stuff. Nice. Yes. Um, Never played professional. Uh, yeah, you. me neither. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, when the what was fun about it is I worked like the three days leading up to the game, uh, and then when the game started, I was done. Everything that I made aired pregame or in the game, and so I was done. So I would go stand on the sidelines and watch the game. That's uh, awesome. Which was fun. Yeah. So that would, that that I mean, so being around sports marketing has has been there for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of leads us into a lot of our, our, our current clients and stuff, but also you had some partnerships in, in the past where, uh, you were with the power plant, correct? Uh, Yep. Uh, another multimedia studio, uh, uh, similar, but different to the, the, to uh, post house, really great creative team, had a great facility. 
a lot of great clients. Um, uh, it's probably where I got my MBA in business and <laughs> and my degree in psychology <laughs> and working with working uh, on mine now. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, running a small business uh, is a, is a is an education in itself for sure. It is. It's education in people. It's education in uh, you know finance and business and how the world works. Yeah, uh, dealing with uh, whether they are legal partners or just partnerships that you deal with all the time and the stress that comes with that. I mean, it can be, it can be a, a, a heavy weight, right? For, for sure. It's uh, one of the things that uh, I like about where I'm at right now. And it's to go back to your being fulfilling. One of the things that I'm really fulfilled by right now is I think we have a really good group of complementary strengths. Um, there's every, everybody's got strengths and weaknesses very few people start a small business because they love to, you know, uh, forecast taxes for the next three quarters. Uh, they get into small business because they love whatever the business is. Uh, in your case, you love directing, producing, shooting. You love making stuff, visual. You're a visual artist. Um, I felt the same way. I loved storytelling. Uh, I loved bringing people, the, all the right people and parts into into the same room and uh, and helping and create an environment where great things came out of it. Um, I did not get into business so that, you know, in the middle of a giant meeting, someone comes around the corner and says, you know, the toilet's overflowing into the hallway. What do we do? You're like, well, maybe we, maybe we can finish <laughs> this meeting first. And then, yeah. Right. Uh, so the, and, and the taxes and, you know, all the stuff uh, that, and so I think, uh, I think at least uh, at the moment at, at, at Post House Creative, we have a really good mix of uh, people's strengths and strengths and weaknesses, uh, and I think that's what it takes, honestly. For it's a good a, balance, yeah, for a small business to make it. Okay, so, so c continuing on your journey here, uh, a very interesting turn. I feel like uh, you were involved very early on in Digital Juice. So while you're at uh -huh. the power plant, you kind of took a little. Sort of a sabbatical, yeah. but like you moved to Florida, you were in the digital juice stuff. And if anyone will find a clip, we'll show <laughs> I know it's around here somewhere. I hate you. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, but you were the tutorial guy. You were the, before there was online tutorials, <laughs> there were VHS tutorials and then there were DVD tutorials and you were the uh, uh, host of I, those. I was the first face of digital juice, if you can imagine, and they're still in business still, uh, in spite of that. Um a uh, quick semi-interesting story, and I know one of the fools that uh, edits this thing will pull up, find something on the internet to embarrass me with. But um, I was I was working at uh, Channel Four here in Columbus. I was a creative director. Uh, I had started Greenhouse Media. My broadcast TV uh, career coming to an end because I just didn't love it anymore. Uh, really liked the the like you said, the entrepreneurial spirit and, and running a small agency. Um, and honestly, I bought some of Digital Juice's stuff online. I used it uh, and I sent them a note, a letter, uh, email or something and said, hey, I don't know anything about your company, uh, but I just used some of your texture stuff in a piece for Monday Night Football and like 80 million people saw it yesterday. So that's kind of cool. Um they got back to me and said, hey, can you come tell that story at NAB? Can you come show people what you did? Uh, ended up doing some live demos for them at NAB. Uh, short version is they asked me to record uh, that 
which I did. I had an edit suite in my basement. I recorded that, a demo, uh, in my basement edit suite, sent it to them thinking they're going to put it on their website or they're going to, you know, use it to whatever. Uh, I don't know, maybe a month later, uh, I started getting emails and letters and notes, calls from people uh, like all over the country. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? And then I got a cease and desist letter from Monday Night Football <laughs> because there was and there's like the a, business part. Yeah, there's the business part because <laughs> there was like a seven second clip of in the deep, deep in the background of this thing I showed them that I made. Uh, um, NFL films did not like that. They did not, and they uh, they sent me a gigantic invoice uh, and a cease and desist, or and or I had a I had a a, a choice. Um, you always uh, stop. You after, pay, you yes. pay that but, but what I didn't know is, uh, unbeknownst to me, Digital Juice uh, had sent out 250,000 of those demos uh, that we recorded in my basement. Um, and that's where NFL, that's where Monday Night Football, NFL Films uh, got one of them landed in their offices. And they're like, hey, you can't do that. They were very cool in case they're listening. Uh, they, <laughs> uh, I don't live there anymore. Uh, 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 they were very cool and helped me negotiate it down to something way less reasonable and with a couple less zeros than the, uh, than the original invoice uh, from them had. Uh, but we got it all cleared up and it was all good. And, and that was the first ever mass uh, distribution of a digital juice demo and we did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds more of them over the next several years. I did. I moved to Florida. I did that after I moved back to Ohio. I'd go down there every six weeks and shoot a bunch of demo videos and um, over a couple of days. And so, yeah, we did them for a long time. So that's uh, so that kind of brings us to where we kind of cross paths. So uh, I remember being uh, at an Emmy award ceremony mm -hmm. and you had just uh, kind of finished up down in Florida. You kind of moved on from the one business. You were with another company. Right. Uh, you're doing a presentation. And then that's where it was, for me, the always up against Rick Green. <laughs> so it was always up against Rick Green. If we, we would go do a proposal and, you know, we were sitting in the lobby or something, then then they'd walk out. Yeah. So it was it was always like, gosh, dang, like, you know, because you have such I take that. You have such great relationships. And that's kind of the, that that's the important thing here is that, uh, you know, I, you know, when I was starting, I didn't have these relationships yet. And you had these 10, 15 year long relationships. And so tell me the little importance about like the long-term relationships and how, and I, I, I've been thinking about this. Uh, we, people fancy you as a sales guy, but what I think you more are is a creative problem solver that just <laughs> happens to know how much things cost. <laughs> That's a great, I love that. I'm so putting that feel on free, a business, so feel free, I'm putting that, that on a business card for sure. So uh, relationships, tell me a little about these long-term relationships. Uh, first of all, I take that as a huge compliment. So thank you. Uh, um, everything you said there, uh, as far as, you know, us running into each other in the business and, 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 uh, um, and the, and the relationship part and the, and the salesperson part, I, I, I buy it all. Um, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, more so than we sell anything, uh, we go talk to people about what we do and if we're a good fit, if it's a, if it's a right time or place or, uh, environment to start a relationship, we do. Um, and most of the relationships we start continue. And I think that, uh, has a lot to do with, uh, 
the the type of people that we have on our team and not only their expertise and, and creativity, but, you know, they care. They care about doing good work. Uh, and that's an easy story to tell, honestly. Um, there's more than one person in this building that would accuse me of telling, you know, long, boring stories over and over again. Um, but the one I don't get tired of, of telling is we really, really like what we do. Uh, we really, really love having relationships because, quite frankly, it's it's we get, it's better for both of us. It's a very win-win situation when we can get to know the client. We can figure out, help them figure out what they need, what their challenges are, help them figure out um, potential solutions, and then it just so happens that we know a bunch of great people who execute. Um, and that's a that's a pretty great spot to be in. And so it is an easy story to tell. I. I I never feel like, you know, when Lindsay came on a, a year and a half ago or now, whatever it's been, um, and she was going to a bunch of business development meetings with me, that's when I started realizing we don't really sell. We just go kind of tell stories and talk to people about what they're doing and listen and ask questions and uh, figure out, is there a relationship here to be had? And quite frankly, uh, a lot of times we we start the relationship way before we do any work or way before any, you know, uh, any business comes into play, uh, just because it feels right, whether it's the two companies or the people or, you know, whatever it is, if it feels right, it's like, yeah, let's keep in touch and let's, you know, let's grab lunch every once in a while or whatever. And then two years later, we do that first project together. Right. Awesome. So it's a long process. And I think, uh, a lot of people don't understand that. Um, you know, we, we're, I feel like we're pretty flexible in, in, in that space that we know that like we're, we're having conversations, but not necessarily like the transactional thing is like way down the list because if, right. if we can help solve a problem, then right. I, I think eventually they'll come back and they'll maybe like, you know, pay us for services. Sure. Um, you know, we're not like, we're not the type of group that like says, Oh, we'll come talk to you for a fee. Um, sometimes people ask us to do that and, for and sure. that's great. Um, but really, I mean, I, I really do feel like uh, that we are creative problem solvers. And we just kind of know how much things cost, right? It's it, absolutely right. And it's what's interesting about being in a visual business is, and I get it, it makes sense. People think of us as the people who make videos and we do do that. We absolutely make content, but... Um, he said doo-doo. <laughs> I did say doo-doo, by the way. John's not going to be able to handle that. Um, uh we that is something that we do, uh, but there's so many things that happen around that, you know, prior to actually creating a video that is, you know, figuring out what the challenges are, figuring out what the goals are, having those conversations, making that, you know, putting together that plan, uh, uh, talking through and sometimes walking through multiple potential executions, potential solutions uh, before you actually make anything. Um, and then after the fact, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, pretty much anybody can make stuff that looks cool. Uh, we don't want to just make stuff that looks good. <clears throat> we want to, we wanted to do something. We wanted to educate or sell or market or brand or whatever the goal is. And so we spend a lot of time after the fact too, trying to help our clients figure that part out too. Um, because it's not rocket science. If it's successful, um, they come back. Right. Usually. Right. Especially if we remember how much things cost, <laughs> uh, and, and, and we tell them, uh, so yeah, it, it it's again, to us, it seems very natural and, and that's just the way you do it. Um, 
having done this for 25 years in a a few different places in a few different ways, I can tell you it's not that common. It's not that natural for a group especially to be just like, yeah, of course we're going to over-deliver to every client. Of course we're going to check in with them. Of course we're going to maintain this relationship whether they're an active paying client or not. Um, That's just what you do. Right. And that's, I mean, I feel like that that has been like a, a lot of our successes and, but it really comes back to, you know, and it took a while to figure it out, but it, it comes down to these like little pillars of fulfillment. Right. Sure. And you know, we can be creatively fulfilled, uh, where we get paid. So that's some professional fulfillment, but it's not, maybe not, it's not the paycheck. Maybe it's just the, uh, having, you know, a, a little bit different of a, um, a status amongst your peers. Sure. Um, you know, that can be professionally fulfilling, but, uh, Talk to me about, a little bit about like the, the personal side of things. What what do you find most personally fulfilling about what you get to do now? Uh, it, it, super easy to define. Uh, on the it is it is professionally and personally fulfilling for me to go into an existing client or a potential client, potential new client, and talk about what we do and how we do it because I'm proud of it uh, and I believe in it. Um, and I think that comes through. I think people believe us. Um, um, well, they should because it's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I still, you know, back when I was more involved in hands-on making stuff, uh, in my in my view, the we talked about, you know, the producer role of bringing all the elements together to make something happen. Now I get a lot of fulfillment out of bringing like interesting clients and our creative team and any other, you know, sometimes there's a third party vendor or people or something. I love bringing those elements together because I know our creative team's going to kill it. I know if we find the right partners, they're going to be, you know, they're going to get, um, it'll be a win-win in that relationship. And I really am professionally and personally fulfilled in that space. Um, as far as outside of business, uh, I, I am, I am no more fulfilled, uh, than when I am, uh, in particular with my family traveling or doing something outside. Uh, I am, a I'm a bit of a hiker and a biker and a, uh, semi-retired runner. Um, and doing those things with my family, uh, is the, there's no, no greater fulfillment. Well, that's great. And, you know, I, I, we really try to work on that work-life balance here. Uh, you know, I, I especially like try to be, and that was, I think was one of the draws um, that led you to want to work here was because, you know, I think you were on a cusp of going to a state that like you could be perpetually outside. Right. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those things like, I don't care where you do the work because you're going to get the work done. So I don't care where you do it from. And and we still, I mean, obviously we have to have face-to-face. Sure. Like we have to have meetings. Um, there's a lot that you can get done in an hour-long session if we're not talking too much and right, BSing. Right. Uh, but when we have to get the things done, like we set that, that time aside and we do it. Um, but for the most part of it, like I don't want people sitting around the office if their job is to go talk and cultivate relationships and, and do things. Uh, or, you know, if they can... If they can find a way to do work and pleasure at the same time, that's a great recipe. And that's a lot of what everyone has, has talked about is this a blend, right? Sure. It works best when everything kind of blends. Uh, on the creative side, like 
Uh, we got together uh, and we did a really awesome creative project that was super fulfilling, cost uh, $0. <laughs> like there's no invoice changed hands, uh, but it made a lasting impact. That was like the Sweet Princess project. Right. Um, and I think that that's when we, we, we solidified like, yeah, we want to work together. Sure. Um, but like, what do you find, what, what do you, what fulfillment do you get out of the creative process now? I know like Lindsay, like gets enjoyment out of making decks and right. you know, sifting through all of our imagery. Um, tell me a little uh, about the creative side. I, uh, before I start that, I, I do want to acknowledge and, and not just because we're, uh, in your office at your place, but I do want to acknowledge that, uh, when we did meet and start that relationship, um, I was absolutely incredibly impressed with your ability to recognize that your ability to recognize that, uh, uh, um, that people don't have to be sitting in a seat, a certain number of hours a day or certain days of a week, or, uh, that there can be a trust factor and there can be a, Hey, as long as, you know, as long as everybody knows what everybody's doing and everybody's doing their job, that's okay. Um, because there is a significant, and you, you know, we've discussed this many times. I think I came to you and told you, uh, um, my time is way more valuable to me than just about anything. Um, so if we can figure out a way that I can have some flexibility there, I'll be flexible with you as well. And we've had this handshake agreement of, let's just be cool, right? I'll, I'll do these things. You'll expect these things of me. And so far, uh, it worked pretty well. Um, it works pretty well, I think. Um, so I want to acknowledge that I, it, it, it was significantly impressive to me that you recognize that and were open and willing to do that. Cause, uh, I, you know, I made no bones about it six years or so or uh, or so ago, uh, when we had this conversation seven, seven yeah, I, I wasn't looking for a job. Uh, I love Columbus dearly, and I've been here 25-ish years, uh, but I was born and raised in Colorado, and that uh, I love it there. Uh, and I told you, I'm going to be there a lot. Whether I work with you, we work together, we work, however, I'm going to be there a lot. And you were open to that and and um, and gave me the, the ability and the leash, basically, to go develop some business there. And now we have a pretty good pocket of business there and continuing to grow it, hopefully. Um, so to be able to go to work in Denver a few times uh, uh, a quarter is pretty great, yeah. or sometimes a few times a month uh, is pretty great. And I'm super appreciative of it. And uh, that is an incredibly fulfilling part of of being here at uh, PHC. Um, so to now to answer your question directly about the creative process, it has changed for me a lot. I used to be, I used to, I used to need to be involved in every part of it. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to think of it. I wanted to bring all the pieces together. I wanted to make it. I wanted to do every part of it. And I remember the struggle that you had <laughs> of letting some of that go too. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's and, really difficult. And, and uh, the, the growing, the growing pains of that. Were, yeah. I mean, I remember the, the, yeah, it was. It's hard to not see something all the way through, or start it and then go. Eh, that's yeah, it's not exactly how I thought it was gonna go. <laughs> Absolutely. But I felt like over the time, you know, that you know, we've gotten through that. And, Absolutely. And, 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 like I said, now you're like, yeah, I'll go ski. <laughs> <if we can." laughs> so. I might be going there soon tomorrow. Uh, so uh, yes, the 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 fulfillment factor has shifted from needing to be involved in every part of the creative to. 
I do really enjoy getting together with our creative team and, you know, everybody, oops, everybody throwing out ideas. And then I kind of go on and move to the next conversation business development wise and knowing that this team will kill it. Uh, and you guys are kind enough to let me jump in here and there on things I am interested in. Like, you know, obviously I've got a long-term relationship with our hockey team and I love hockey. We all do. A lot of us do. Um, and so I get to jump in creative here and there, a little more involvement with creative here and there. Um, uh, but the fulfilling part now is sort of, you know, going out and evangelizing a bit our story, who we are, what we do, how we can help, uh, finding the right types of partners to, to, to that fit with us right, and yeah. that we fit with. Um, that's super, super fulfilling. So uh, we're going to do a couple little rapid fire things here. All right. So like I'm making this up as we go. Cause that's sure. kind of like, I was told that, uh, <laughs> me that, too. that is the fun part of listening <laughs> to like me trying to think of things. But, okay. Uh, I did do a little thought. So Cincinnati or Denver. Oh, Denver. Okay. Now, now here we are at Denver. <laughs> yep. Uh, is it the Broncos or the Avs? Oh, it's got to be the Avs. Okay. I mean, I grew up a Broncos fan, but uh, but hockey's hockey, man. Hockey's okay. the best sport. It's just the best. Okay. Now we're talking Colorado in general. Yeah. Here it so comes. no, no, no. Okay. It's fine. No, no. This is <laughs> is it is it is it Vale or like Breckenridge? Uh, I'm less of a Vale guy. I'm okay. more of a Breck. Okay. Copper is one of my Copper Mountains, one of my favorites. Uh, Crested Butte's the best mountain town in the plant on the planet. Uh, Telluride is the most beautiful place you Telluride can stand is, in the middle of a pretty awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so that wasn't so bad. No, not at all. I thought you were going to make me choose between like friends or food or oh, something. No, <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't do that. Not John or Andrew. Yeah, right. Well, no, really. since Andrew's in the room, I'm saying Andrew. <laughs> all right. And John will never have the patience to listen to all this, so he'll never get this. He'll, he'll just say he's already heard all this. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. So uh, another real big thing that we do around here, and, and one of the things we talk about is um, uh, travel. And that yeah. was another thing that brought us together. Like we talked about like, I want to go do and do these travel things. And I said, okay, sounds great. And you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, we'll go do it. You did. You, and, you did. Uh, we, we did it. <laughs> we and, did. <laughs> uh, you know, and we have, have a really great, uh, and that was a Denver connection. Yeah. Um, so we get to do a lot of really cool things with uh, Inspirata. But, um, you know, you're always A-list. You're always, you know, you get <laughs> companion. Uh, you, you travel quite a bit. Uh, you love aviation. There's a big part of that in your life. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, shortly yeah uh about your travel and like your travel bug and the wanderlust for for uh not being in one spot uh it comes from two places uh grew up in denver uh my parents were from cincinnati area uh but when i was a kid we, little kid we moved to denver and we went everywhere we my parents took us somewhere different every week every we went everywhere uh and that's definitely where I got a hunger to see stuff because I couldn't believe there was this much stuff all in one place because we were driving then. I mean, it was just driving right. somewhere else in the mountains. Uh, but we didn't get on. We didn't really get on airplanes much and go other places. We went tons of places around Colorado. Fast forward, you know, 25 years and I meet my wife, Patty, her family, all aviation nerds, pilots, her dad's, you know, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, fighter pilot, they lived, lived and traveled all over the world. And I was fascinated by their, their ability to just go like 
I've been sitting at their kitchen table when Patty and I were dating. Um, we were sitting at the kitchen table and be like, you want to go to Chicago? Yeah, that'd be cool. When? And they're like, right now. And we would get up and go to the airport with no luggage, no planning, no nothing, and go to Chicago. That's amazing. Uh, um, and then when we get there, it'd be like, oh, it's Taste of Chicago, and we wanted to do that. And uh, yeah, the, and we did that over and over and over again. Uh, they all work for airlines, and it was easy to do sure. financially uh, also. Um, uh, but that is carried over. And and I vowed before, when Patty and I got married, uh, I'm like, our kids have to have this. They have to know that this is okay. They have to know that it's a great thing to go see stuff, to just go. Um, and so since they were babies, we, we've, we've absolutely done it. You just gotta, you just gotta go and I'm going to do it as long as I'm able. So the other, the other rapid fire question, the comparison was going to say, is it Colorado or Italy? Oh, geez. Uh, man, Italy's delicious. It's so beautiful and delicious. Uh, but you got to spend, a, a, a quite a bit of time last, uh, last spring, uh, in, you know, took a little bit of time off and did uh, ricking remotely is what, <laughs> is what people around here said. Um, but no. uh, you got to do that and you spent uh, what, six, eight weeks over uh, in Europe, almost right? nine weeks. Okay. Actually. I uh, can't remember. <laughs> I just remember it was like, what day are you coming back? Like, I think we can work this out. No, it was awesome. Uh, and again, just the, just to solidify the story and the, and the way things work is, you know, um, coming to you and saying, Hey, I want to be gone for a couple of months is not easy. But I also said, I promise you we're going to be all right uh, mm-hmm. sales-wise. And I think I personally and maybe we as a company had a pretty maybe best year. It was. I, thought, um, I mean, it was, it was, I don't know. Maybe it was because I was gone for so long. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Dots connect dots. <laughs> no. So, Rick, when are you going back to uh, here? Right, right. Uh, no, my daughter was studying abroad for a semester. And then when she got in Italy and then when she got done, uh, I went over and uh, met her. And she and I ran around Europe for a month. Uh, and then when my wife and son got out of school, uh, they came over and we ran around for another month. So, um, she was over there almost six months, uh, yeah, which was great, but yeah, it, 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 um, uh, it's so beautiful and it's so delicious and it's so easy. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I, it took me to, till I was 45 years old to, to go to Europe. Um, and, uh. If you wanted to us to move the company there tomorrow, uh, I've got a great place in Trentino at the base of the Dolomiti and the Ita- in the Italian Alps. Uh, that's where we should go. Oh, sounds, sounds like you got it all mapped <laughs> out. Got, well, you know, I mean, my daughter wants to go to. Uh, she's looking at some grad schools in that space too. So. Um, it's pretty beautiful. All right, so I got two more things here. I want to want to talk about. Yep. Um, uh, one thing is we get, I get asked a lot. And this is, we need some inside help on this. What is the deal with you and the hyphen? (laughs) If you've ever received an email. That was a very guilty look by Andrew. If you've ever seen an email communication from me, you replace commas punctuation with, it, with, yeah. uh, with, with a hyphen. So where's that, where's that come from and why, and why do we call you the hyphenator? <laughs> uh, that's funny. And a surprise, uh, but I actually have an answer because uh, I have thought about it. It's mostly stream of consciousness. It's it, writing. So it, it's very, usually. Very much so. 
It is, I think it is my, I think it is my old guy version of when everybody started texting and speaking in text, like forget the punctuation, because uh, there was actual texting before smartphones. I don't know if anybody knows that. Uh, but when you had to like, you know, text from your flip phone. Oh, yeah. Uh, people started. Yeah. Dick, dick, dick. Uh, people started. People lost all grammar and punctuation and everything uh, just to get a message across. Right. Without having to type 5000 characters to say I'm on my way. Um so I think then when the smartphones came out, uh, it was super annoying when people were typing out whole sentences and full, you know, mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. annoying also. So I think it is my sort of old guy hybrid of I don't want to say too much, but I've got a lot to say. So I'm just going to keep saying yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep saying it. And the hyphen feels like a good, safe way to not, you know, nobody's going to say you use the wrong Right. Punctuation there. You That's use a the run wrong, on sentence. Yeah. Yes. Every one of my sentences run on. They're all connected with dashes uh, or hyphens. Uh, so, you know. Also, you make it a dash. So you don't. I don't know what it is. It's okay. I just it's it's a it's a, my uh, it's my crutch. It's I, my grammar crutch. Well, it's like I said, if you ever get any <laughs> sort of email or text communication, you will know what we are talking about. Yes. Um, so to wrap things up, uh, 2019, uh, what, what are you looking forward to? Uh I am looking forward to uh, starting some new relationships. Uh, Business-wise, I'm looking forward to starting some new relationships that are getting back to some of the spaces that we really love as a group. I'd love for us to, you know, we've had a really good four or five year run of uh, of travel related content. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do some more of that. Um, I'd love to grow our our sort of organic storytelling opportunities. I'd love to find some partners that uh, would allow us to do some longer form organic brand storytelling. Uh, I think our team's really good at that. And I think, uh, I think there are brands that are looking for and need that. Um, on the personal side, I want to ride my bike more because uh, I have to run less because my hips are old. Um, but I want to ride my bike more. Uh, I want to keep traveling. There's a few, uh, there's a few places and specifically that I want to go that I haven't been. I want to go spend some time in Yosemite. Uh, part of it's because I've never been there. And part of it's because I have a bit of a boy crush on Alex Honnold after watching him free solo up the face of El Cap. I have zero interest in climbing rocks, uh, but if you haven't seen Free Solo, I have. It. It's Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm surrounded by Star Wars nerds, uh, which is totally fine. Um, but yeah, I I, I want to go. There's a couple of places I want to go. Yosemite's one of them. Um, yeah, just keep keep living. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and right. it's always fun to to hear the same stories <laughs> over and over. And no, over. I mean it's good. I mean, yeah. I I I don't think I've ever really. Uh, cornered you on the, the hyphen one but no that but, was a uh, surprise but yeah so uh everyone learned a little bit today so <laughs> i thanks rick appreciate it appreciate you doing this uh-huh. thanks